We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensta, joined as always by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate their sponsorship all season long. If you get a rate or view the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Also, if you enjoy listening to us every week, uh, leave a bunch of stars, leave a nice comment. That does go a long way towards helping the podcast. It also goes a long way towards helping people find the podcast, which is also a good thing. Uh, Andrew, we are in week 11. The season is flying by. How are you this Friday? I'm good. I'm good. As we talked before we started recording, I'm battling a bit of a cold, so my voice is a little different. I've been uh, coughing nonstop, but uh, nothing will stop us. uh, You sound sound very mature and experienced. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I remember when I, early on when uh, I was doing the soccer podcast, I had to do it with a cold and everyone was like, wow, your voice like sounds really good. And I'm like, oh, I've been uh, coughing nonstop for three days. So that's why (laughs) it sounds like, I'm hoping it never sounds like this again, but here we are. Here we are. There is a there's a there's a friends episode that goes along exactly the same long lines as that as that plot right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Phoebe tries to get Phoebe, uh, tries right. to get sick again because she liked her singing voice. That's right. Sick. That's right. I remember that. Very nice. I'm I'm dating myself as we speak. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Friends. My wife was a huge fan when we were in college. Friends was already well well established by then, but it was one of those that like I would you know if you're just like throwing the TV on 
And I'm like, oh, Seinfeld's on. I'll just put that on. Like my wife put Friends on for the situation, so I tend to know uh, more yeah. about Friends than I uh, than I wish. As I we are, as we already know from her marriage choices, your wife has good taste. Good taste, great taste, Scott. Great there taste. There you go. So uh, I actually think this is a really interesting uh, slate of the NFL. We've got uh, we got 11 games this week, and uh, I actually really like this slate. I think it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of different ways to go. The interesting thing is you look at you look at the high total games. There's not really one that jumps fully out, but there's there's kind of five games between like 48 and 52 with the Vegas total. And the fifth is that that Dallas-Detroit game, which will we'll go down if Matthew Stafford doesn't play. We'll go up if he does. It's kind of up in the air at the moment. I, I, I kind of think they're leaning towards him not playing. But um, at the top, we've got Houston and Baltimore, kind of the big uh, marquee matchup just because of the quarterbacks involved. you got Lamar Jackson. you got Deshaun Watson. Uh, we got New Orleans and Tampa Bay, which would probably be popular. Atlanta, Carolina, Cincinnati, Oakland. Those games are all kind of in the same batch. And it's kind of fun and interesting because you've got a bunch of games that uh, there's not one that sticks out. So you can kind of pick and choose where you want to take your stacks this week. Yeah, it's funny to hear that like, oh, yeah, Cincinnati, Oakland. And you're like, wait, what? Which game? Um, I <laughs> um, wanted to ask when, you, though. When one team cannot play defense, that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would you feel differently, meaning would you be all over this Saints-Bucks game if the Saints weren't awful last week? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that. And the weird thing is, I watched that game a bunch. I had them in Survivor, so I watched the game for a while. And, uh, and they didn't only not they didn't only not score a touchdown against Atlanta, but they looked like they shouldn't score a touchdown. They looked terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like if this Saints Bucks game was last week, we'd be all over it. And now we're kind of oh, yeah. like, eh, maybe uh, eh. I don't know if I want too much and. I don't know. I uh, I tend to toss it out the window, but I mean the Atlanta defense is not good. They were coming off a bye, but so were the Saints. But uh, I don't know. That was uh, it was concerning. Drew Brees didn't look good. Camara looked really kind of sluggish, although he didn't touch the ball a ton. But um, yeah, I mean I think there's a little bit of seed of doubt there just after watching that game and you know them scoring nine points against a bad defense that uh, you, you pull back you pull back a little bit on thinking that game's gonna be a really shootout. Yeah, I mean it's a perfect storm for like the guys that you want to play for the Saints. So, yeah. well, I mean, we'll get to them in a little bit, but like, I don't know that the, obviously I think Texans Ravens people will be all over and, and I, don't, I don't think Saints Bucks will actually be under owned just because, like I said, there are guys in that game that we, we want to play. Um, right. Maybe Falcons Panthers is actually the one that people will forget about because like Bengals Raiders, like you, you, those guys generally are pretty cheap. So you can get they're, they're like an easy game to stack or at least the Raiders are easy. Um, but yeah, this uh, I don't know. I don't have like a full feel on this Falcons Panthers just because like I didn't recognize that Falcons team last week and I don't generally love the Panthers other than McCaffrey. And so I don't know how to feel about it yet. Yeah. As we know, I like, I like more Panthers than you do. Cause I'm pretty much uh, I, I, the biggest DJ Moore fan there is. So yeah. I, uh, I, I do like him a lot. He's going to be popular this week for the first time. He's been underpriced for like three or four weeks in a row. And I think he's really going to be popular this week, but uh, yeah, the Atlanta Carolina is interesting. Uh, Atlanta played a little defense last week, which they hadn't done all year. They actually sacked the quarterback a couple times, which yeah. they hadn't done since like 1986. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting game too. You could even go with uh, with quarterbacks in that game. I think quarterback is a tough tough spot this week. We will get there, but I think picking the right quarterback is going to be the key to lineups this week. Yeah, I mean, particularly on um, actually, it's really both sides, but particularly DraftKings that um, you know Lamar Jackson is so much more expensive. Like we have at there's every finally, position, there's finally some separation there. Yeah, I mean, there's separation at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver this week that we've kind of have been saying there should be. Um, and so you're, you know, there are a lot of weeks where there's enough value where you can take the most expensive quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And this week, it, it's really tough to do that. They, uh, I, I tell you what, you talk about wide receiver separation, DraftKings went fully all in on that this week. Yeah, and, but they should. like that. Yeah, like, I agree too. The, um, 
I think you can make the argument that he's still underpriced. And that would be Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, sorry, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, bid dominant and then gets, uh, gets to face Tampa Bay. So I, right. I, I respect that. I like that. You know, rather than be like, oh, we'll jump up a couple hundred bucks. He'll be, you know, you know, next. He'll be just a few hundred dollars ahead of the next guy. They put him up to ninety nine hundred, and it's to the point where you really have to think about using him. You can't just slot him in really quickly. And I mean, we've got McCaffrey at ten five, which is the same as last week, even though he's got right. a better matchup. And um, it, they're both at the point where, like, when McCaffrey finally hit ten thousand, everyone was like, oh wow, like finally. And then he went to ten five, and then he wasn't that good last week because he only had twenty nine points. On DraftKings and right, you and I, you and I were talking at halftime. I'm like, oh, I guess you know, maybe not playing McCaffrey was it was actually a good idea. And then I was like, oh, by the by the end of the game, I was like, oh, no, still not a good idea. Yeah, the the interesting thing about McCaffrey last week is that there were basically two ways to go uh, with that slate. It was if you you either play McCaffrey, you fade McCaffrey and you play Saquon Barkley, or you fade both of the upper tier guys and you pay down everywhere for all three or two or three running backs, and then you can pay up at the other spots. And I really like, I was not going to play Saquon Barkley last week. Like I was pretty set on McCaffrey and the lineup builds that I eventually went with, uh, or the lineup builds that I had that didn't have McCaffrey. It was like, I'm paying up for wide receiver, which is still the more variant position. I had Michael Thomas, but like, um, I tweeted this the other day, like, I'm amazed that there's still people who are so comfortable with Chris Godwin in cash. And it's like, we, we, he gets the targets. We like, we know it's there, but like they're, when you're paying that much for wide receiver, like you need to get Michael Thomas production and he's just not there yet. And so it's like, well, he has the upside and it's like, that's not that we're now coming out of a cash uh, uh, conversation. Um, Whereas like, if you can get the same possibility for a guy that's 3000 less, 2000 less, like that's the guy you go with in cash games. And so the thing with McCaffrey this week uh, which I think is kind of the decision of the entire slate, which I guess you can apply to Michael Thomas as well. Um, I, I don't think you can play both of them. Um, like, I think that you're just giving up way too much, uh, unless you play, you pay down at quarterback, which we'll get to in a second or in oh, a little hello, while. Hello, 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 Kyle Allen. <laughs> oh, that's not who I was thinking, but I, oh. I think that is where most hi, people hi, would think. Hi, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, well, uh, not there either. Oh, you're going to be I'm shocked where for, I go. I'm, I'm um, looking forward to it. Dude. Uh, so there are some very clear roster constructions this week that are kind of similar to last week, except last week it was like, well, if I don't take McCaffrey, I can at least take Michael Thomas, who last week was 8,300 and huge, huge jump. Right. And so, but again, and the, the matchup is, is better this week, but like last week's matchup was awesome too. Like, and I think last week showed you, um, just how different, uh, a quarterback and a wide receiver can be in the same game that like breeze was awful. And Michael Thomas scored 31.2 points on DraftKings because he caught everything and didn't even have a touchdown. And so, um, we have this situation this week where you're, you're really going to have to decide if you want one of these guys. And I think there are, there are builds where you can fade both of them. And I think it's a perfectly reasonable lineup because I think there are other running backs you can play and there are other wide receivers, but you're going into a slate, but at least for me, when I play mostly cash games, you're going into a slate saying, I'm going to fade the two best cash players. And now I have to try to figure out how to get by. Yeah. And both, like you said, both in good spots, good matchups, yeah. good game flow, like everything kind of looks good for both of them. Like if McCaffrey, excuse me, if Thomas was 8,500 again, I think he'd play him again. 
and 99 is oh, a lot. Sure. So now you're yeah, like, do I want to play? Right. And now you're like, do I want to play Thomas or do I want to play McCaffrey? And normally you're like, why would I ever in the cash game at least? Why would I ever pay play the high price wide receiver than the running back? But Thomas is on this like ridiculous run and has this perfect matchup where it's a legitimate conversation. Yeah, and as we, as we get into the build and the, the positions, you know, we have a we have a running back who's fallen into a starting job that's really cheap. It's gonna be very popular. We have a tight end in the same situation, so it's uh, I think it's a I think it's a fun slate for a list of games. It doesn't really jump off the page. I think the the slate from a DFS perspective gets pretty fun. Yeah, and I was looking through. I do like I've been doing this for the last few weeks or so, just kind of observations from the DraftKings twenty five dollars single entry double up, which I think is generally the 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 best one that you can find kind of where the sharper players are. Not to say that everybody in there is sharp, but um, I was looking at some of the lineups and, you know, there are plenty of builds that like I got, but there, there are still like cash builds where you're just like, I don't know how this person got there, got to this lineup, but you look by and you're like, but they got there. And it's when you look into it more, like it's not that crazy. And so like football, because the slates are so big, um, there's not like a one clear direction that you should be going in cash games. Like there are plenty of ways to get there. And I think this is a week where we're going to see like a lot of differentiation, not just in players, but in like construction where you're going to see people who pay down at all three running, you know, for three running backs, so they pay up a wide receiver or they pay up for McCaffrey and Thomas and figure out the rest, or they pay down at quarterback or pay up. Like, I think this week, like you said, like it's really interesting because the, there are so many ways to go construction wise. Yeah, and there's so much so much info out there. In football, you've got so many different podcasts and articles that there's no like, you know, you get some group think, but there's no like obvious like, oh, this is the this is the lineup, this is the play. Whereas you know, you get basketball or soccer where there's not as many sources. You know, you mentioned you know your soccer podcast, and you get you get people that you know listen to that, and you get kind of you get a lot of similar stuff in cash lines. But there's so many people play football. There's so many sources out there. There's so many people saying completely different things that you're just going to get a, a more vari- variance than you will in any other sport. For sure, for sure. And I think I kind of made uh, this point earlier this week um, on Twitter that like there are obviously very different ways to research NFL slates, um, but it seems like there are a lot of times where people are going like really deep into the stats and they're like, go through all of these things. You know, this running back has a really high uh, broken tackle rate and now they're facing a, a three linebackers who, you know, can't tackle anybody and blah, and it's just like, well, also, they just give up a lot of fantasy points to running backs, and the game has a high total, and this team runs a lot. And, like, yeah. that's all you need. And, and so, and this, and this guy's good at football. Yeah, and, and sometimes it, it's as simple as that. And, and not to say that, like, there aren't, like, deeper players who, um, who you can, like, find a little nugget for. But, like, like you said, so much information is out there. And, but a lot of times, like, if, if you just look at the game total and the price of a player and what his role is, a lot of times that's all you need. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree there. There you go. Along with uh, along with the, the high total games, we also have some some really low total games. we got three games that are under 41. We have Denver at Minnesota over under 40. Minnesota's favored by 10.5 in the game, so that's more an indication of Denver's offense than anything. Um, and, you know, obviously good defense, too. The Jets at the, Red, the Redskins, uh, Washington favored by point and a half. Uh, Andrew, your Jets are an underdog to Washington. That uh, doesn't get much lower than that. Um it's, it's you have a point and a half. I thought I saw earlier this morning it was actually two and a half, which oh, I was like, moving, oh my god, it's, it's getting it's worse. <laughs> Dwayne Has Dwayne Haskins magic right there. I uh, um, I don't he he looks so bad when I saw him play, but uh, I guess it's uh, it, they're home at least. I don't think the Jets have done anything to justify being favored against anybody. 
especially on the road. Oh, especially on the road. Yeah. I mean, my God. So yeah. yeah Over under that game is uh, right 38 and a half. So we'll talk about some players from there, but a game that you, you don't expect to be a lot of points. Uh, Buffalo, Miami, as uh, we expect over under 40 and a half there. I was kind of surprised that wasn't closer to like 37, 38. Also uh, Buffalo fared by six on the road there against the dolphins who have won two in a row, get two in a row. Andrew, they're on fire. Yeah. See, so now the jets lost to the dolphins. Doesn't seem so bad. They're like the hottest team in football. Best uh, right. best team in the in the AFC East over the last two weeks. <laughs> uh. Sorry, Patriots fans, I had to do it. <laughs> uh, on the on the buy slate, we've got uh, not playing this week. We have Green Bay, Tennessee, the Giants, and Seattle. So a little bit of offense there, but a couple teams we're usually uh, not overly invested into. So not uh, not too much of a, a factor in the buys. Primetime games, we had Pittsburgh, Cleveland last week. We missed uh, Chicago and the Rams. And then Monday night we miss a miss a really fun game. The uh, the Chiefs the Chargers has a really high, the highest total of the week. Um, I think it's I think it's like a half point higher than than the Baltimore Houston game. So that one uh, that one should be fun. I guess uh, there will be ninety two percent Chiefs fans at that game. Oh yeah, on the road. On the road. Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, let's jump into the slate. Uh, but first, we do first before we do uh, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right, Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So, Andy, you kind of, uh, we kind of already mentioned the top running back of the slate. Christian McCaffrey is a good amount uh, different than uh, than Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. He's 10500 on both DraftKings and FanDuel, so he's definitely separated. He's separated even more on FanDuel, where he's almost 2000 more than the next guy. Uh, obviously McCaffrey's been fantastic, hundred plus rushing yards in six of nine games. And that's before you factor in all the stuff out of the backfield. Uh, the catch of the backfield have been a little bit down with Kyle Allen. Um, he's under 40 receiving yards, last four games, 20 targets total, which, you know, is pretty good for most running backs, but, uh, we, we were used to him getting like eight, 10 a game sometimes with Cam Newton. Um, the Falcons shut down Alvin Kamara last week. Maybe they're playing a little better, but that's one game. I'm not going to uh, go crazy on that. Nice game script at home, uh, favorite at home against the Falcons for McCaffrey. Uh, there's not much negative I could say for McCaffrey. It strictly kind of comes into a, how you want to build your lineup this week. Right. I think that's the that's it. It's like McCaffrey's always a good play. Yeah. Um, he's gotten his two Tampa Bay games out of, out of the way. So from like here on out, for the, literally the rest of the season, I don't think you even have to think like, oh, is McCaffrey a good play this week? But I think the... Um, the only consideration you have with McCaffrey is what am I getting if I don't play him? And then obviously that means who do you have to play instead of McCaffrey? Uh, and Elliot and, and Dalvin cook like jump out right away. Um, they're obviously the next two most expensive. Um, I'll be honest that my initial response of fading McCaffrey was I should then play Zeke and cook. Like that's the way I should go. And then you start wondering, are either of those guys better than Michael Thomas? And then you're wondering, am I just spending more salary than I should? Because I think I need to spend salary because McCaffrey is so expensive. So ultimately, I think McCaffrey is better than Zeke and Cook. Like, I think Zeke has a great matchup. Um, The fact that they use Prescott like they do... um, make oh will always make me hesitate a little bit on Zeke like he could have 35 carries a game and yet I'm always gonna be like but Prescott's really good like they can we saw that they can play without Zeke Uh, whereas the Panthers are lost without McCaffrey the apologies to DJ Moore 
yeah, I, I, apology accepted. So, um, so then it's like, do you play Zeke or Cook? And I think they're both like fine. And if I'm like, if they're both fine, why wouldn't I just pay up for McCaffrey? Yeah, so Cook is at 8,900 on DraftKings, 8,600 on FanDuel. Obviously, has had a fantastic season. The, the couple down games were like really bad matchups. You kind of see him coming a little bit. Yeah. Uh, great game script. You know, they're favored by 10 over Denver, like I mentioned earlier. He's, he's averaging, uh, what, 140 yards from scrimmage uh, you know, per game, something like that. He's been really good. Uh, the Broncos were were thrashed by Leonard Fournette. He had uh, over 200 yards on them, but nobody else has been over 85 yards rushing against them. So they have been a pretty good defense. Um, I tend to lean towards Zeke this week among the two. Um, I like Zeke coming off the bad game. Minnesota really kind of set up their game plan to stop him. He had 20 carries, 47 yards. Every time he touched the ball, they just swarmed to him. And you could tell that they weren't guarding. You know, they weren't doubling uh, Cooper or Gallup or, or Randall Cobb went crazy too. Yeah, you could tell Minnesota's game plan was like let's let let's make Dak beat us, and, and, he, and it didn't work. I mean, Dak played really well. Um, Zeke had 100 yards, 100 plus yards in the three weeks before that. He obviously is a volume king. He always gets a lot of carries. Uh, your, your point on Dak is true, you know, especially inside the 10. You know, Dak can get loose a little bit, uh, steal some touchdowns. But nice game script. They're favored on the road. Uh, if, if Stafford doesn't play, they'll be favored by even more. Um, J- Josh Jacobs had 120 yards and two touchdowns against Detroit two weeks ago. Cook had uh, 142 and two touchdowns a couple weeks before that. So they've been they've been thrashed pretty good by good running backs. Um, I'm a big Zeke fan this week. I think he's going to be in a lot of my lineups. Um, going back to, like, the elementary way to look at things, the one thing that jumps out at me is that Zeke has yet to score as many fantasy points as McCaffrey averages. Oh yeah, there's he's. I mean, there's no doubt that McCaffrey's been been much better. Right, uh, but Cook has, and so yeah. Cook explosive. Yeah, actually, I don't know if uh, maybe Cook's been short. Cook has three games over thirty, which um, is perfectly good at eighty nine hundred. But what's, yeah, uh, I mean, what's what's McCaffrey's average? Thirty two point three. Down, that's, down from last week, of course, because impossible. he only twenty nine. That's impossible, right? It's crazy. Um, but average, wow. But like Dalvin Cook um, over McCaffrey uh, or Elliott gets you fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars that you can spend elsewhere. Yep. And you, you know, we'll get to tight end in a bit. I think tight end. It seems like a week where you shouldn't be paying up for tight end. And, uh, I I'd agree there. I think there's there's three or four really good options under four thousand that yeah. uh, are almost as good as the ones above it. Totally. Uh, and then it's like, all right, well, wide receiver. Like when you if you, I mean, I have the build. I'm like looking at it. Uh, if you play McCaffrey and not the other two guys, um, you're going to be finding wide receivers basically from like this below six thousand. You'll you'll need three of them, um, and mostly you'll you'll probably be closer in the 4,500 range. I mean, this is, it's a pretty standard like range for cash game players. And so um, if you're looking at that range, I mean, we're talking about guys like DJ Moore's at the top of that, but like um, the other guys in that range are like uh, Tyler Boyd and Devonte Parker, Kenny Stills, Muhammad Sanu. And it's like, do I want to play those guys? Actually, let me throw in uh, Jamison Crowder and Terry McLaurin too, from the game that I'll actually pay attention to. <laughs> so then you're like, are those guys worth um, the price of having to pay McCaffrey or do I pay down? And now you're looking at guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Julio Jones. Um, those guys are more on the on the upper tier, but or Galladay. And it's like, how much do you want to play Galladay or uh, DJ Chark in cash or GPPs? That's fine. Cortland Sutton, um, because those are the guys that you're going to have money for. 
uh, as opposed to having to rely on, uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, I don't want to rely on Mohamed Sanu if that was the question. Really? Yeah, not okay. a fan. You can have. Uh, I, I just. I think that game's weird. That game's the one game that has weather in it. That's the the Patriots and Eagles. I just. Uh, Although the Eagles stopped the run pretty well, you, you could see Tom Brady coming out and throwing the ball like 52 times or some weird game plan thing too. I just uh, you never know what they're gonna do, but uh, I don't know. Sanu doesn't do a ton for me. I think that uh, I think Edelman's the one guy there that you can rely on in a cash lineup sure. just because he gets the he gets you know 18 targets a game. He's had double digit targets in four straight weeks, which is crazy that he's still getting those targets. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Sanu doesn't do a lot for me, but I mean obviously that's a specific instance. But yeah, I mean the two v two on that kind of stuff is always uh, good to look at. Uh, wanted to jump down in running backs real quick, though. What? Uh, tell me about uh, what you think about Alvin Kamara right now. He's down to 7,400 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, Tampa Bay's very good against the run, but obviously Kamara is good and dangerous and can catch balls out of the backfield. Did play 80% of the snaps last week, only 12 touches. Did have 10 targets, though. They just didn't work out very well. Uh, really bad game script, obviously, for running back last week. They were down pretty much the whole game to Atlanta, so they weren't running the ball a lot. Um, the the Bucks have only allowed one running back over 75 yards rushing and only one over 50 yards receiving. So they've been really good against running backs. But Kamara is priced way Kamara. I always say that wrong. Kamara is priced way way down this week. Are you are you interested in the you know the stud talent at the low price and the bad matchup? No. Okay. I think he's I think he's a perfectly fine GPP play, um, including if you like want to go Breeze Kamara and like Ted Ginn. Like if you don't play Thomas, but it just seems like. If I can go a little bit down, I love Josh Jacobs this week. And yep. Josh Jacobs at 500 less than Kamara with significantly more upside in terms of touches and a significantly better defensive matchup. Um, like, I think there you can make the case that Jacobs should be as much as Kamara or even like Leonard Fournette. Uh, I don't think he's in the, the Zeke Cook range, but um, I think Jacobs is is the best in that group. And then after him, I think you could just go way down. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Jacobs obviously has a really good game script to home against Cincinnati. Uh, he's been good in games where the Raiders have won. You know, game script guy that, that works really well. He did have that game against Green Bay where he, he was good where they were losing. But yep. 120 plus rushing yards in three of his last five. He didn't play a lot of snaps last week, but had a lot of touches. I mean, when he's in there, they're using him. I wanted to ask you about Fournette. You know, we always have to look at different sites and their pricing. Fournette's 7,900 DraftKings. Somehow he's 7,200 on FanDuel. I, I kind of I went. I looked at him in DraftKings. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really not that interested. 7,900. There's other guys I like more. Jacobs is a thousand dollars less. But Jacobs is $800 more on FanDuel. You don't really get that big of a disparity often between two players in the two different sites. Obviously, Fournette's all about volume. It should be a close game at India, you know, depending on Jacoby Brissett uh, playing or not against or, or with Brian Hoyer. Uh, Fournette's fresh off his bye, very active in the pass game, which uh, which obviously helps. But just really cheap on FanDuel. He jumped out to me as like I, I was like I was really surprised on that pricing. Well, that's actually perfect because the guy I wanted to ask you about who I think is actually better than Fournette, but who knows like what the situation is, but he's right below him on, on FanDuel's Tevin Coleman. Like I, I don't really love Fournette on DraftKings just because that price, that's, that's too much for me to agree. Um, but, and then on FanDuel, it's like, well, that is a good price, but is he worth 500 more than Tevin Coleman? Probably. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Is that expecting Brita to play? I don't think Brita's going to play. I just, uh, I don't know, Coleman's, uh, if you just like assume that Coleman takes all of Brita's touches, then that becomes one thing. But I think that Raheem Mostert comes mm. in and takes 
a, a pretty good chunk of the Breida touches. I don't think they want to overuse Coleman. Uh, he did not play well against Arizona last time. He's only 12 for 23 on the ground. But, you know, obviously he's going to be involved. He's going to be the number one guy without Breida there. But I don't think it's going to be just a give me all the Breida touches and he, you know, he's going to get 24 carries all of a sudden. Uh, I think that they'll use uh, I think they'll use Mostert uh, in pretty uh, in a pretty significant role. Um, I don't know. I like Coleman okay this week, but uh, I would certainly play Fournette over him. Okay. And then if you don't like Coleman, would you pay a hundred dollars less on Fanduel for a guy who's going to get thirty five carries even though they lose by thirty? Is that the is that the Joe Mixon? I can't believe he had thirty carries in a game they lost by forty points. Yeah. So I, I saw that box score. I was like, well, that's not right. And then I went back. I was like, "Oh my God, why?" They just kept handing in the ball, even though they're getting killed. I mean, I guess that uh, they didn't. They stuck with their game plan, if nothing else. They went with the their best offensive weapon, yeah, all the time. Yeah, that was a uh, that was not an impressive game. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can probably keep uh, keep your Joe Mixon. That's uh, a no. this, okay. this week. Okay. Yeah, I I get it. They're gonna probably get him involved in the Raiders. Uh, you know, probably is not. Are they, are they not gonna blow out Cincinnati quite as much? But. Um, I don't know. I think another week of Ryan Finley, maybe they trust him a little bit more to pass the ball a little bit. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably scarred by Joe Mixon um, <laughs> for the first seven, eight weeks of the season that uh, I'm probably a little uh, biased there too. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Mixon is $100 more than Kenyon Drake on DraftKings. and Who looked awesome against the Niners two weeks ago. Yeah, so there there was talk uh, in our subscriber Discord about like whether Drake was worth playing, even though David Johnson is... Um, Active. I was going to say healthy, but he's clearly not. Is he? Um, is he? Is he really active? Uh, that's a good point too. Uh, available as, in uniform. As, as we as we saw the the Twitter cl- the the clip that went on the Twitter world this week of oh, David Johnson looking like me running a sweep to the. Oh left. man! It. it, oof, it I think really I bad. think I make I think I make a better cut than that. <laughs> um, and I'm old. So, do you dare play Drake this week? Uh no. Okay. I just think I, I think I can go down and get uh, guys I like more uh, than Drake. I just don't think uh, I just don't. I, I think that watching the the second half of that game, the Halloween night game against the Niners, you know, Arizona figured something out against the Niners defense. Yeah. It was uh, they really kind of they went fast. They were uh, they were throwing stuff outside really quick. You look at Seattle last week when they were when they were moving the ball against the Niners. It, it was situations where they were a little misdirection with Russell, a little quick passes out to the side. And you, what you do is you don't get the, you don't let that front four kind of get geared up and, and attack the quarterback because you just can't block those guys. And I no. think Pete Carroll knew he couldn't block those four guys. And he, I mean, you got to give him credit. He set up a game plan so that I know I can't block these four guys head up. So I'm going to go ahead and, and sit, figure out a situation around it, which a lot of coaches in the NFL are too stubborn to freaking do. Yeah. Yep. Or they're just not good enough, to be honest. I, that's true. I uh, And I appreciate you not mentioning the fact that it's no longer the undefeated 49. I wouldn't wouldn't dream of it. Um Great, great. Uh, as a, if you're not a fan of the 49ers, that was a fantastic football game on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and even if you are, even if you are, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I like close, good games between good teams. It was fun, but uh, I hate losing to Seattle. Hmm. I could, I could see that, and I'm perfectly content watching my team blow out somebody else. Just for the record, it just doesn't happen. Um, my, uh, my, my father and I argue about that all the time. I like, I like close games no matter what. And he just wants them, everybody to win by 40 points. And if the team he's rooting for, I'm like, what? But we want a close game. Like when the A's play a game, I want them to win six to three, not, uh, not 18 to one. I, uh, I had that sounds, uh, when. Sounds like you disagree with me, though. Well, I had that during the um, 2016 Final Four. Villanova blew uh, out yeah. Oklahoma by 40. And everyone's like, oh, this is an awful game. And I'm like, I had a blast. <laughs> um, and obviously the championship game was a buzzer beater. So you get the two. I had a blast on both of those. Did they, did they win on that buzzer beater? I they forget. Did. 
They did uh, win that right. first of two championships in three years. Anyway, kind of, kind of a well-known shot. So yeah, that was good. might have seen it. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying, if anybody's considering Kenyon Drake, particularly in cash, just play James White. Like James White is a wide receiver, a fifty-four hundred dollar wide receiver for a team that likes to throw the ball in a matchup that against a team that is decent against the run and terrible against the pass. And James White could get eight or nine targets as a running back. Like just play that. I don't yeah. think he so. A that. couple of guys, in the, a couple of guys in that mid range. Any interest in Mark Ingram or Marlon Mack this week? No, but like yeah, I skipped, either. I skipped the entire mid range. Yeah, Marlon Mack leads the NFL with 41 carries that have not gained any yards. Really? Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that because the Indy offensive line was very, uh, very hyped and touted coming into the year. Hmm. I would have given that to Le'Veon Bell, but I guess not. I would have given that to Le'Veon Bell also. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other guy in this range I want to ask you about. I, I think he's more of a, a GPP guy than a cash guy. Is Devin Singletary? Yeah, I knew you were going to uh, say that. He was a letdown last week. Uh, maybe a little bit under the radar this week, except for the fact that he plays Miami, which helps. A uh, nice matchup, really nice game script. I think he's really explosive, really talented. But you've got the Frank Gore goal line stuff that's very real. And more than that, you have the Josh Allen inside the ten. Um, he loves to take off and try and score inside the ten. Also, so you just kind of lose those, uh, the goal line stuff. He's going to have to, you know, get a touchdown. That's probably double digit yards. You know, he means a 15, 20 yard touchdown. But he's been clearly the number one guy the last three weeks. He's uh, he's seventeen targets the last three weeks, which obviously helps a lot in DraftKings with PPR. Um, I think I'm going back to Singletary a little bit. They've priced him up enough where he's not like a not like a you just you just slot him in. He's six thousand on DraftKings, sixty five hundred on FanDuel. Uh, I think he's a GPP guy, but he's an interesting GPP guy to me. Yeah, that's. That's where I would put him in GPP. I haven't, yeah. I mean, I think he's fine. The the matchup is obviously excellent, but um, like, how many touches do you really think he gets? Seventeen. Mm, That's a lot. That is a lot. What did he have last uh, week? Eleven. What did he have the week before? Twenty three. There you go. Right. Well, kind of the, but, right, right, right. But, but that was the outlier. It was like the eleven is not the outlier. No, but I think the last three weeks, you look at his snap count, and it's it's very clear that he's playing about twice as much as Frank Gore the last like three weeks. Do you get points for snaps? Uh, you get. You, you, is I like this to the be target on the field. air yards. Uh, it it kind of is a little bit. I, I like to be on the field with an explosive guy against a bad defense. I I completely agree that that is the case with Singletary. But that he is an right. explosive the, the player. The seventeen's high. I think the over under on touches is probably like fourteen. Right. Yeah. And you and you need at least two of those to go long because yeah. otherwise you know there's just not enough touches. Yeah, that's I'm, the way uh, I look not, at it. Like I'm, I just I'm not playing it, not playing him in cash at all. I just think he's uh, I think he's a, a blow up a, a blow up guy in a really good spot. That uh, in GBP I think he's high enough price where he's not gonna be not gonna be super popular. I especially agree. If let down last week. I agree. I think the ownership wise, he's he's perfectly good this week. So last uh, couple of guys, and obviously one of them is obvious this week. We've got Brian Hill with Devontae Freeman out and Ito Smith out. Brian Hill at Carolina. Brian Hill back at running back for the Falcons. Uh, he's 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. Uh, he did get 20 carries last week at the Saints after Devontae Freeman got hurt. He only had 61 yards, but you know volume at that price is obviously very important. Uh, might not be a good game script. They are underdogs, but uh, I think we think that Atlanta could probably stick with Carolina a little bit. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, was uh, crazy against Carolina, or crazy against Carolina last week with three touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman was a bonkers two weeks ago. He had 11 for 105 and three touchdowns. Carolina's allowed 17 touchdowns and to running backs this week, so the matchup is good. The price is good. 
obviously the ownership is going to be big. He he was like the popular ad in season long leagues this week. He you know went for like five hundred bucks in every league. Uh, where do you fall on Brian Hill this week? I, is he just kind of an auto play in cash games, or how do you feeling about him? Yes, he's odd. Like okay, there's I don't see. I struggle to look at the builds that you have that don't have him uh, because it ultimately. I mean, right. unless you want to play, like I, I don't know who you're playing. Um, because he, it just I opens up. I, so I, much. Have a, I have a, I have another one, but it's a it's a GPP guy. Um, I think there's another one in this range too, actually. But yeah, I just I, I think like we said, this isn't quite Jalen Samuels from a few weeks ago, but it's like pretty close in terms of uh, construction. That you're like, wow, McCaffrey is ten five, and you're like, well, would you pay McCaffrey and Brian Hill like two starting running backs for fifteen three on DraftKings? And it's like, oh yeah, I would do that. Well, here you go. Do you are you confident that after a week of practice and other guys that running backs that are active, you know, last week they got guys hurt and there was nobody else to play. Are you confident that Brian Hill sees the bulk of the volume? Yeah. Okay. You're not worried about Quadre Allison or anybody like that, uh, kind of, or Allison, I guess, uh, coming in and kind of splitting carries with him. You think it? You think it's Brian Hill's job at least for this week? I think at 4,800, it's easy to take the risk. If he was yeah, 5,800 so. or 60, like you're probably not thinking of it at all. But 4,800 on DraftKings. Um, and the other thing is that like he, um, he doesn't catch that many passes like he, or he hasn't, what is he? 59 on FanDuel. So like yeah. the, I, I'm going in thinking like he probably isn't going to get any, but like Freeman ran routes and like, they're probably, it's not like they're like, all right, you're not running any routes this week. So like, right. theoretically you should have a few targets. I'm not saying he's going to get eight, but like, you know, if he gets three or four catches a few, like that only helps. Who is your other guy in the range you consider? Carlos Hyde. Oh wow! I did, not, not for cash. Not, not the one. I, not the one I was going. To. Yeah, not for cash. But I think, um, like that game is is one that I think people will obviously try to stack as many pass catchers as they can. But I think Carlos Hyde is kind of a sneaky one in that range because, um, like they, he's the guy. Like I'm looking at his carries here: 21, 26, 12, 19, and nineteen. Uh, Ravens have been pretty good against the run. They're, they're getting better against the pass now with Marcus Peters. And so I think Hyde kind of gives the Texans a, a, a reasonable alternative to, to relying on Deshaun Watson so much. So I think Hyde could be a little interesting this week. That's an, that's an interesting one. Speaking of, uh, speaking of that, uh, the Houston game, the Houston, uh, Baltimore game, do you know what? I don't think uh, Houston's given up a hundred yard running back all year long. Do you think Lamar Jackson is the first? Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah. no. Even held even held McCaffrey to ninety three yards. Wow, wow. Um, My answer is yes. By the way, yes that they hold him. No, yes that he goes over hundred yards. Wow. Lamar Jackson. Yep. Fun. Yeah, hundred and hundred and eight yards rushing. Something Love it. There. Why not? Yeah. Um, la- my last guy in this range is actually J.D. McKissick with uh, Detroit, um, 4,600 on DraftKings. I just think this is going to be a good game script for passes to the running back. I think they're going to be trailing Dallas the whole day. He had seven targets last week. He only had 19 yards, but he had six catches, and those count a lot on, in, in a full PPR. Yeah. Played 58 snaps last week. Ty Johnson is uh, still not going to play. Uh, McKissick is just a PPR guy for me and a, a GPP guy for me, but I think that if uh, – if you're playing at a big GPP, the switch from Hill to McKissick makes a lot of sense from a game theory standpoint. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Call. So it's thank you. Uh, any last guy I want to mention here? Any love uh, going back to your boy uh, Ronald Jones, Rojo? No, not this week. Eight eight catches last week. Where yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. 
it was funny. We were talking kind of before the game. We were talking Rojo versus David Montgomery and Devin Singletary. And I don't think either of us thought it, it, we both we both ended up on Rojo. But I don't think either of us thought that we were getting eight catches in that game. I fully expected zero. Like, yeah, I thought maybe he like you know like one or two like the play breaks down or something and and Jameis dumps off. But eight catches that was I mean seventy seven yards too. They were actually like effective yards too. Yeah, like the thing is going into the game if. If you told me before the game, like, he's going to have 11 carries for 29 yards, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what's going to happen. And then, yeah, those targets are, I mean, that eight catch, that, that's not happening again. Yeah. So, and, uh, and the touchdown, it would turn out to be a really nice uh, nice game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for that, by I just, the way. I, I was going like to say, saying, I'll I just like saying Rojo. For full disclosure, I was, I went to Scott um, saying, There's I more, kind of no want to play Montgomery. Full disclosure. And you, you can hide that. I'll, I'll just say that you, regardless of price, you said Ronald Jones was actually going to outscore Montgomery, like straight up. And that's what got me. Well, hey, every once in a while, it, it works out to talk to me. Not very often, but every once in a while. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the, uh, the the past game quarterbacks and receivers. A first a note from our sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you can predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chance to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week, we're playing the Chargers Chiefs Monday Night Game. You can also form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback. Make every game bigger. Andrew, I got to tell you that uh, this reminds me of college. There was a game called QB1 we had at the bar. It was like the – instead of the trivia that night at the bar, they would do QB1. You could, like, predict, like, where the ball is going to go. It uh, reminds me of that. Good times. Sounds fun. Like a video game? Or this was actually no, during was like a real game? Little, during a real game, you had this little console. Instead of trivia during that night, you'd have, like, leaderboards across the country. You could And pass, pass deep middle was always the, uh, the the big score. If you could ever hit that, you get a ton of points. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, and like you know, fourth and one, everybody's everybody's pounding the run button. You get a bunch of points for that. It was a, it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a good way to, uh, good way to get through some bad Monday night football games when I was in college and did not want to be studying. There you go. So quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think quarterback is uh, a key spot this week. I can see a lot of different ways to go, and I'm not totally sure which way I'm going to go. I do love Lamar Jackson every week. Mentioned I think he's going to have a lot of rushing yards, but he is a big price jump up this week. He's 7,700 on DraftKings, 8,800 on FanDuel. He has over 20 fantasy points in every game but one this season. Houston has struggled against the pass, so you, I think that uh, they're going to try to exploit the pass a little bit, but it's just not really what they do. They, you know, He did have the, I think he had three touchdowns last week, one to Hollywood Brown and two to Mark Andrews. Um, they've allowed 13 touchdown passes the prior four weeks, and then Gardner Minshew had zero last week. But the, you know, before that, they were really getting thrashed to the air. Five straight quarterbacks, over 270 yards passing. It's an interesting setup where they allow something that Lamar Jackson doesn't really uh, tend to do. But he can still throw. He can still throw. I mean, he's perfectly fine. Th- I mean, what do you have, five against the Dolphins, five touchdowns? I, I have I think, no I hesitation. Think, I, think you, I think you had four against the Dolphins. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I have no – no, my team lost to the Dolphins. My um, I have no hesitation. Sorry. On in terms of like whether I think Jackson's a good play, like I think he's a very good play this week. Um, the hesitation is the rushing yards, which you clearly have zero hesitation on. Um, but the um, the price is really what gets you. Like the the difference in the other positions is obviously just as big. Like we have like McCaffrey, we were saying is 1500. It's actually closer with the quarterbacks, but we don't usually see a gap like this. And the other guys near the top have excellent matchups as well. And so um, I think 
Jackson is probably easier to play than Michael Thomas, but that doesn't mean I necessarily think I have to play Lamar. Yeah, I think that, you know, Houston's really good at stopping the run, but I think lining up and stopping the run is different than lining up and stopping That's Lamar fair. Jackson. Yep. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a complete point. I think it's a completely different type of run. So I just think it's different. I just think this game's gonna get a little wild. I think Lamar's gonna have to make some big plays. On the flip side, I mean, Deshaun Watson is uh nine hundred dollars less than him on DraftKings, six hundred dollars left on less on FanDuel. Uh, they should need to score. I think that we we agree Baltimore is going to score some points. Uh, Baltimore's allowed only six passing TDs total in the last six weeks, though. They've been very good against the pass after allowing three to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, a couple of those quarterbacks were bad, but you had, they had Russell Wilson and Tom Brady in there. Only had one each against Baltimore. Uh, do you like Deshaun this week, or you just kind of would go to Jameis or Breeze or Dak instead? Yeah, I um, I think Breeze and Dak are better. Um, yeah. It helps I'm the that, same on Watson. I like him, but I just think there's other guys in his range that I prefer to play. Right, right. Um, I think you can get away with playing Dak and not Zeke. Like I think having exposure to the to the Cowboys is a good idea, but I think you can get it cheaper with Dak. Um, but like I played Breeze. What was that two two weeks ago? That Breeze. Not it wasn't last week. When when that was he, last. That, well, that was it was also week. last week. When but he, like didn't he, he sucked a, last week. Yeah, maybe it was that. But either way, I played Breeze last week and. It was like, well, he's got a great situation, um, and he's got another really good one this week. And so, um, I don't know. I think more people will play Dak, but I think Breeze is actually better. Yeah, I mean, Dak is interesting. The only concern there is, you know, if they, if Stafford sits, do they get up and just hand the ball off the whole second half? But Dak's situation, you know, suddenly looks really good. He's got a, he's got an elite offensive line. He has Amari Cooper, who looks all world right now. Just the route running and the catches. He had a, a couple catches in that game on Monday or Sunday night that were just like I was like, oh, Dak's throwing that away, and Amari like catches it four yeah, yards out beast. of bounds, and his feet are in bounds. It's just you're, you're just like, oh my god, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, they, they give a number one pick for Cooper, and everybody's like, uh, what are you doing exactly? And like, he's really really good. Michael Gallup is really good. Randall Cobb had over 100 yards. He just he has a lot of places to go with the ball now, and obviously he has Zeke, and he catches about the backfield too. Just a lot of weapons for Dak. Uh, my only concern would be game script, and if they get up uh, get up, I think they hand the ball off a ton in the second half. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely in the realm of uh, possibilities. So in the potential back to back, you know, shootout kind of going back and forth, we've got we've got Jameis and Drew Brees. Uh, Jameis is 6,500 on DraftKings, 76 on FanDuel. Drew Brees is really expensive on FanDuel. He's 8,300. Yeah, he he's uh, he's only uh, he's only 500 less than Lamar, uh, but 6,900 DraftKings very playable there. Um, you know, we we think this game could get uh, a little frisky and back and forth. Do you have a preference between the two? Are you uh, is one of these guys gonna be your main guys? How do you feel about uh, these two guys in this game? Who was the other one? Winston and who? What's that? Who was the Winston other one? And Drew Brees. Oh, Brees. I'm sorry. I thought you said somebody yeah. else. Um, I like. I get Winston this week, um, but I just don't understand why you would play him over the other. Like he's not far enough away that makes me want to play him, salary wise. Three hundred plus yards in six of his last seven. I know. I know. But no. And and New Orleans has been tough on quarterbacks the last four weeks. Nobody's been over 255 yards. Uh, they only have allowed four touchdown passes total in that stretch. It's weird. Jameis has all these yards, but only eight touchdowns total the last five weeks. They just haven't. They've been kind of a lot of yards in the middle of the field, a lot of garbage yards, kind of what they do. And he still has some balls. You're like, what are you doing? But then you look up and he's got 360 yards passing. It's a, it's a weird. Uh, Jameis Winston has been a weird, weird season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't see a need to play him. That's how I look at it. Like there are plenty of opportunities where you have good matchups for Jameis Winston, and this just doesn't seem like one that I need to. You're basically paying up for him, for what I think yeah. he should be. 
And it's just, I think it's just the, the, the game script back and forth. You think that if the Saints, uh, you know, really score a lot on Tampa Bay, you have to throw the ball a ton. Uh, I can see it working out. I can see I can see stacking uh, Jameis with the, with either Godwin or Evans. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I agree. I think there's other quarterbacks I probably just prefer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, anybody in this mid range? Uh, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan. Anybody there that uh, that you're gonna think about playing? Uh, the only one that I thought about for a quick second was Derek Carr, and then uh, I moved on. How much is Derek Carr this week? Sixty one hundred. Yeah, I just, I there's no way I could play him over Kyler, even even the tough matchup. And I don't want to really want to play Kyler against the 49ers. He did look good against them last week or two weeks ago, and was really good last week. His his ball. Everybody talked about Christian Kirk last week at the three touchdowns. Some of those throws that Murray had to Christian Kirk, I was like, oh my god, no wonder he's a number one pick. Like it just rockets out of his arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what if I told you that oh there was a quarterback on a favored home team? playing a defense that's given up three, three, and four passing touchdowns in each of the last three weeks. And he uh, was 4,600. I'd be interested until you tell me it's... 48, uh, excuse me, 4,800. Are we talking Ryan Finley? Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Junior. Oh, good God. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it, I, I looked at it because I looked at it from the, the Terry McLaurin angle more yeah, than anything. Yeah, me too. I, I, was, I was like... <laughs> I was like, God, the Jets just can't stop anybody. Nobody. Darius Slayton and Golden Tate had two touchdowns last week. The week before, they got smoked by someone, too. I have it in my notes on McLaurin. But I just – every time – I've watched Dwayne Haskins a little bit, and he just looks so bad. But this this Jets defense, especially against the pass, is terrible, too. So, yeah, I mean, if you think that – you know, what's he need? Like 225 and two touchdowns, it kind of works at that price, right? It seems pretty easy to me. He's 3,000 uh, less than Lamar Jackson. That's pretty bonkers. I mean, you talk about what you can get when you play someone like that. It gets right. really interesting pretty quick. Right. So I, of looking at all of the the lower guys, I mean, we're talking about uh, Haskins and um, both or no, yeah, both Allens. I'll put it. I'll put in there. Uh, Wentz is actually pretty cheap. Um, Hoyer, like these are the guys that you're going to play if you want to play McCaffrey and Michael Thomas or. McCaffrey and Zeke, you know, two of these like really expensive guys. And if you're going to think about playing Kyle Allen at 5,300 on DraftKings, is he really uh, $500 better than the matchup against the Jets? Uh, I, I can't even say, say yes. his name. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'd much prefer to play Allen. I actually kind of like Kyle Allen's play this week. Okay. I think that. Uh, we talked earlier about this Carolina Atlanta game maybe getting a little a little squirrely and kind of becoming high scoring. I think that Carolina's going to have to score. Uh, I think that Kyle Allen's settling in a little bit. Uh, the last couple of weeks he had 230 yards and two touchdowns against Tennessee. Last week he had 307 yards against Green Bay. Green. He threw the ball 43 times. Uh, the thing I like with Kyle Allen is I just like his weapons. I like obviously McCaffrey out of the backfield, but I like DJ Moore. I like Curtis Samuel. He's got Greg Olson as kind of an outlet in the red zone. I just think he has choices and options there where if this game gets a little high scoring, I don't think that he's going to hurt you. I think that at 5,300, uh, I think he has a little bit of upside, which you don't usually say about guys like this. And I think the floor is pretty decent. I, I just think he's a pretty good play. Um, I will probably go up a little bit in most of my builds, but I'm certainly going to have some GPPs. They're going to be either um, Allen Samuel stacks or Allen DJ Moore stacks, or maybe even one with both of them. Both, yeah. 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 I think that's. I think you could game stack this one. I mean, that's easy. Yeah. Mostly because Moore and Samuel are so cheap. Yeah, I really like uh, – if you really want to get it, I like Allen, Samuel, Morin coming back with Julio Jones a lot as a, yeah. as a GP build. Absolutely. You could do more – or Jones and Ridley. Like, Yeah, you could. Go all out. 
Anybody else quarterback-wise that uh, you want to discuss before we get to the wide receivers? No, I thought Haskins would kill the conversation. So It uh, it kind of did. <laughs> Are you going to play him, though? Are you going to play him in cash? No. No, okay. No, but I think it's important well, to you... recognize that that's where you have to go if you want to pay up at the other positions. I I agree with that, too, and the matchup is obviously uh, pretty pretty damn nice. Right. Like, if you're a matchup guy, like, how do you avoid that? Yeah, well, you avoid it because it's Wade Haskins, but it, it's very true. And I, I, mean, I did look at him uh, because because I was looking at the, at the Redskins receivers especially. I mean, just looking—so, you know, I throw this out. Like, they allowed three touchdowns in Week 8, three in Week 9, and four in Week 10. And you're like, well, who'd they play? Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Daniel Jones. Are those guys not especially uh, ones you expect to go off? Can you not get 220 and two touchdowns from Dwayne Haskins this week? I mean, Slayton and Golden Tate had four last week. Preston Williams and Devontae Parker three before it, and Chris Conley, DJ Chark, and I think it was Keenan Cole. Had it three was, yes, before. exactly what it was. Like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's three weeks in a row, and none of those guys are really guys you're like, oh, well, of course they did. It's Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, DJ Chark's been really good. Preston Williams is pretty good. Uh, you know, Tate and Slayton are talented, but uh, they're getting thrashed by not elite wide receivers for right. sure. McLaurin's better than all, all the guys that they would have seen already, except maybe Chark. For sure. Yeah. Um, so wide receiver, we talked about uh, Michael Thomas on DraftKings especially is way, way priced up from everybody else. He is $1,800 more than DeAndre Hopkins. On Fandle, he's only 700 more. Um, so we'll start wide receivers at the top. Um, what's your thought on Thomas this week? I mean, he's been unbelievable. We can go through all the stats, but just he's been awesome. Eight-plus catches in six straight games, which is uh, almost a record. I think the record's eight. Um, eight catches in eight straight games. I forget who it was, but I, it was Antonio Brown, I think, in 2014. Um, he has over 89 yards in all six of those games. Doesn't uh, The touchdowns haven't been huge so far this week or this this year, but, I mean, he killed them last game. He's got 11-plus catches last three games against him. But you can go through all the stats here. Everything lines up really well for Thomas. Um, so are you going to play him at the elevated price? I think the lineup build that you have with one of the expensive running backs and Thomas is, is pretty ugly. And yeah. so... I just for cash games generally one who will side with a running back regardless of how awesome Thomas has been. He's actually more expensive than the non McCaffrey guys, meaning Zeke and um, Dalvin Cook, and, and so by a, by a decent amount too. But right, right, and yeah. so I kind of look at it like if if I'm going to pay up, I'd rather it be for McCaffrey. Yeah, I think I agree there. I think that the the spot I will go with Thomas is that where I do play Drew Brees. I'm gonna probably have a I'll sure I'm sure have a Brees Thomas stack at some point with uh with a Tampa Bay receiver coming back. I think that's how I build it. But I think in a my like one main cash lineup or one main GBP lineup where I play in bigger contests, I, I think I'm gonna go away from Thomas at the price. But uh, not because he's not good or not because I don't like him this week. It's just because of the the way it works out with the build. Yeah, exactly. So dropping down DeAndre Hopkins in a game, obviously, that we talked about a bunch already, Houston and Baltimore, a really good game script, a lot of targets. He's got 12, 12, 13, 11 targets the last four weeks. Under 60 yards in two of those, though, and only four touchdowns all year. So it's been a little bit down for Hopkins in terms of like the fantasy upside scoring. Obviously a great floor, but uh, do you think he's got a lot of upside this week against a pretty tough Baltimore pasty? No, I actually don't like him at all this week. Do you think that makes him lower, much lower percentage than you would expect then, if everybody kind of feels the same way about it? Um, sure. Yeah, I think All he right. could be lower. Like, I think you're better off playing Cooper and Edelman and maybe Julio. And so if that's all the case, then that's just people to take away ownership from Hopkins. I absolutely love Julio this week. Uh, down to 7,500 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, I think the price is right for you know a guy that is – 
as good as anybody else, just hasn't quite been there, hasn't scored since week three. We've seen Julio Jones have touchdown droughts in the past. But 9, 9, 12, and 9 is the target the last four weeks. So, you know, very involved. I think this game is going to be pretty high scoring. Uh, Devontae Adams had 118 yards against them last week. Chris Godwin went, went crazy against uh, Carolina a few weeks ago. DJ Chark a couple weeks ago went crazy against them. Uh, I love Julio. He's my favorite play by far among the among the wide receivers this week at 7,500. I think he's underpriced, and I think it's a it's a going to be a big uh, – I think we're looking at like 150 yards and a touchdown this week from Julio. Uh, we skipped Matt Ryan, but do you do you like Matt Ryan? Uh, I like Matt Ryan. I love Julio. Okay, I like that. That's fine. I think Matt. I think Matt Ryan will be good, but I think a lot of it. I think a big chunk of it's gonna be to Julio with no Austin Hooper um, and Calvin Ridley might be fine, but I just I just think Julio is is not. I mean, he's twenty four hundred under uh, less than Thomas. He's six hundred less than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I like him as much as both of those guys this week. It's crazy that he's twenty four hundred yeah. less than Thomas. My God. Yeah, I think yeah. Edelman is the clear cash play, and Julio is the clear GPP play in this range. Yeah, and in this in this range, also we've got we talked a bunch about Tampa, Bay, New Orleans. We got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin, you mentioned earlier, kind of you know quiet on the cash front the last three weeks. He still had twelve targets last week. The targets are still really good. Hasn't scored since week five. He had six touchdowns the first five weeks. Um, it's impossible to come up with a preference between good Godwin and Evans this week. I I, I kind of like side towards Godwin this week, but just kind of because he's due more than anything, not really anything scientific. Um, do you have a preference here? Are you going to be playing uh, these receivers? How do you feel about these guys? Uh, I, I will like continue to avoid them because I just don't know what I'm getting. Like I, it's funny to me that like each week there's like a, it's going to be, well, it's been like the last three weeks. Everyone's right. like, it's a Godwin week. And here are the reasons yep. why. And then it turns out not to be. And it's like, so we're so those are not the reasons. Like there there have to be different reasons. And, and I and I think I think the reason why for a lot of people just comes down to the fact that it wasn't Godwin Week last week, so now it's gonna be this week. It's a little kind of bit. a trade off thing. And I think that's what people are leaning on more than anything, is just right. that it's gotta be coming at some point and Godwin's really good. So but Evans is also really, really good too. Marcus Lattimore is doubtful for this game. He uh, Evans had did nothing against the Saints last last time. He actually zero catches on three targets. Um, but without Marcus Lattimore, uh, it just kind of opens up that either these guys can go crazy. Yeah, I think it's coming down to the people who think that if you flip a coin once and it's heads, and the next one's definitely has a better chance of being tails. Like that's those are the people who are like, oh well, it has to be Godwin this week. You mean if it's six reds in a row on the roulette table, I shouldn't bet everything on black the next spin? It just means that they're cheating. Because it obviously has you're to be killing, uh, you're, the next six. You're killing all my, you're killing all my Vegas strategy. Yeah, <laughs> I just, um, I don't know. I just, uh, again, I said it earlier this week. I just don't know how anybody can be so comfortable playing him in cash because we just don't know. Like, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna pay seventy three hundred for a wide receiver in cash games, like you should know. Like Edelman, you know Edelman's gonna get those targets. Yeah, Edelman's targets are 15, 12, 11, 11 last four weeks. Yeah, he's uh, I think, so boring, I think but like the guy always so has the ball. And Philly is good against the run. I think that this is a game where Belichick is like, well, you know, screw you. I'm going to pass the ball 50 times. So uh, I get it. Uh, along those lines, do you like Tom Brady at all this week? I never really like Brady. I mean, not as a human. As no, a no, 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 no. I, I actually didn't mean it that way, <laughs> although that applies as well. But uh, no, I just – it always just seems like he's priced for his ceiling, which – um, we just don't really see that often. Like we don't see it enough. That um, so let's makes me want to pay for it. Let's uh, let's jump down a little bit in the wide receivers. Um, I still think DJ Moore is underpriced. He's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings, six thousand on FanDuel. I really thought he's gonna be higher. I don't really know why he's so low. 
Um, targets last four weeks have you know all been about 10 every week. Uh, he's 8, 10, 9, 10, and 11. He only has one end zone target all year, so that maybe is what's keeping him down is just he's not scoring. But a lot of buzz this week in this matchup, you know, a game that is one of the higher totals. Uh, he's been very active lately. He's been uh, really good the last couple of weeks. Really nice game flow possible. Um, he's, I think he's kind of just due for some TD love. I think he's just a really good player that's underpriced, and I will I will have a bunch of him. I realize he's going to be popular this week. I'm probably going to be eating the chalk a little bit on, on DJ Moore this week, but I have no problem with that. I'm eating it with you. Beautiful. Uh, another guy that's kind of in that range who I think is interesting this week is John Brown. Uh, I'm not a Josh Allen person because I just don't love the upside passing. And you just kind of have to get a rushing TD for it to work. And he does that a bunch, but I don't like relying on that. But John Brown's the clear wide receiver in this in this game. Uh, you know, the pass game upside with Josh Allen is not big, but Allen is just such a big target for him that, uh, you know, he kind of makes – builds in a nice floor for Brown. He has five catches in five of the last six, five of the last six games. We know the upside is there. We know he's an athletic, talented guy. Um, I just think he's too cheap on Fanduel, especially. He's fifty nine hundred on Fanduel, which is oh, way cheap. under a lot, way under a lot of these guys that in this range. I mean, he's 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 significantly you know less than a lot of the guys we mentioned already. He's like fourteen hundred less than Stephon Diggs. Um, he's sixty four hundred DraftKings. I think he's better priced there. Uh, but I think Brown is a really good play on Fanduel this week. Yeah, I think price wise, it certainly makes sense. He's just, although I mean, he's one of those guys that like. He hits double digits on DraftKings like every week because he has like just enough yards and just enough catches. Yep. Um, but against Miami, like there should be plenty of upside there. Yeah, I think I think he's a guy that I think the floor is there, and I think you can see the upside against Miami that uh, you know they break a couple big plays. All of a sudden, John Brown's really good, and just just a guy that is clearly the number one for Josh Allen. I wish Josh Allen didn't miss him so often, but other than that, <laughs> I like him as a play. And by the way, I don't think Josh Allen's good, but uh, I think I've made that clear. Yeah. Uh, so in this in this kind of mid-range also, you mentioned Terry McLaurin. We mentioned the great matchup. We don't have to go back with the wide receiver stats again, but uh, McLaurin has been quiet. He's uh, nine catches for 89-yard total the last three weeks, uh, obviously kind of dealing with the quarterback upheaval there. Um, great matchup. He's a really talented guy. How much do you think Dwayne Haskins holds him back? Um, uh, that's a good question. That wasn't quite how I was expecting you to to word it like I'm I'm saying like if you are going to play Haskins like you obviously play McLaurin 100% um, and McLaurin's but a if, reason you consider playing Haskins but um, if you're not playing Haskins uh, McLaurin's 5600 right. draft DraftKings 5500 on FanDuel do you play McLaurin aside from him separately just as a play in a great matchup yeah I think he's definitely playable on a GBP absolutely like okay. the Jets outside are just horrific I mean, Darius not, Slayton. Uh, not someone you play in a cash lineup? Right. Darius Slayton looked like Randy Moss last week, and he's not Randy Moss. And so I think he, matchup-wise, he's, not Randy Moss. he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, great matchup. Uh, I just, uh, I'm just i a little worried about Haskins, but uh, you got to think that McLaurin's at least going to be heavily involved. He's the clue that, clearly the number one guy there. Um, and they're very good, that, the Jets are very good at stopping the run. And so, yeah. I mean, it plays in, it plays perfectly. You've got uh, you've got Jamison Crowder in that range also fifty seven hundred DraftKings sixty five hundred on FanDuel. Uh, you're obviously the Jets fan. He's very active when Sam Darnold plays. Eighty yards and a touchdown each of the last two games. Uh, is he interested you this week? I think he's fine. Like fifty seven hundred is a little much. I think it's it's kind of weird how they how um, Darnold looks at him because like it feels like he'll get every one of his targets on the first two drives and then he just like disappears and you're kind of like, did he get hurt? Like where, where is Jameson Crowder? And so um, part of relying on Crowder is relying on Darnold and Adam Gase calling the plays. And so um, that's why I have yet to play Crowder this season. 
But like he, you know, he starts getting those catches early, and you're like, oh, all right, nailed it. And right. Then he has, literally has nothing in the second half. Another guy in the kind of the similar range that is a guy who's a clear number one in his receiver is very talented but a tough matchup is Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6,000 on DraftKings, 6,600 on FanDuel. He's the, he's the only guy there. Of course, he's getting his targets from Brandon Allen. We don't know a lot about Brandon Allen, but I don't think anybody's overly excited about it. Uh, Minnesota has allowed 15 touchdowns to wide receivers. So I, I said matchup is tough. I meant more like kind of the game matchup, but they've been quietly really bad against wide receivers. They're tied for tied for last in the touchdowns to wide receiver. Uh, he's going to get a lot of targets, going to see the ball a lot. Uh, you know, the uh, Amari Cooper and and Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup all had 75-plus yards and all had a touchdown against them last week. Tyreek lit up uh, Minnesota the week before that. You know, Cortland Sutton's not quite Tyreek, but a really good player, really talented player. Another guy that, you know, are you going to play him or are you, are you too worried about his receiver, or his quarterback holding him back? I just struggle to pick him over DJ Moore, at least on DraftKings, or $100 difference. And different. So, um, I do too. The quarterback situation, not that like, I mean, it sounds like you're higher on Kyle Allen than I am, but right. um, Sutton's Allen is not as good. And I don't think 6000 I feel like, is still priced for Flacco, which sounds silly when I say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, my answer to that might be both of them. I like Sutton yeah, and more. There's, there's some lineups I may play both. I just think Sutton's really good. I, and they're going to be they're going to be behind, and I think Minnesota is going to going to win that game by you know a comfortable margin. And you just think that the the second half there's going to be a lot of you know nine yard slants to Cortland Sutton, and those add up over the course of a whole half. Yeah, yeah, I I see it, I see it. I guess that the the problem I have with Sutton is like on DraftKings with with the PPR, you're probably like he's probably good for eleven, ten or eleven points, but is he really going to get like over fifteen? He'd have to score to do that, right. and uh, yeah, it'd be tough. But yeah, I just uh, I think uh, garbage time could be could be really good for Cortland Sutton for a guy who's really talented. Yeah, but yeah, it, the the quarterback holding him back is certainly a situation. And a guy a little bit lower who's interesting because he's the way, way the sites are priced. Um, we talked about DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel is six hundred dollars less on DraftKings, but three hundred dollars more on FanDuel. So kind of an odd odd situation there. I think on DraftKings, Curtis Samuels is kind of sneaky. Everybody this week is talking about DJ Moore. I think he might slide in with a really low percentage this week. Just I think that uh, from a GPP angle, I think Samuels is really interesting at a cheaper price than Moore and a much lower percentage. Has five end zone targets on the year. He scored three the last four weeks. He seems to be kind of the kind of the sneaky small guy they use in, in the red zone, kind of the Ju- Julian Edelman way, like kind of just uh, quick in the slot, trying to kind of get open really quick. He hasn't topped four catches since week three, though. He does have 25 targets the last three weeks. Uh, I'm just surprised he's more expensive than DJ Moore on FanDuel. It makes no sense to me. I guess it's because he's scoring and because there's no PPR. There's a half-point PPR there. But uh, I think everybody will, will gravitate toward DJ Moore and FanDuel. But I think on DraftKings, Samuel's a little interesting. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah, I think most people will just go to Moore on on DraftKings. I do, too. Um, yeah, I think I the touchdowns explain it for me on why he's more expensive on FanDuel just because the cat. The, I mean— even though Moore's getting all these targets, like he's actually not getting that many more catches than than Samuel. Um, I mean, he's getting more, but like it's not a significant amount. And when you have the half point, then they're, you know, it's kind of meaningless when they have when he's got the touchdowns and, and Moore doesn't. So, um, yeah, anybody I, else I actually, in this mid range? Sorry, God. I was looking at Samuel because I was like, oh, um, you know, I'll, maybe because Moore is going to be much higher than uh, he has been, I'll just play Samuel. And so I went to Samuel, and I'm like. Wait, Moore's only six hundred more. Like, oh, I'll just yeah. play more. Um, and he's and he's three hundred dollars less on on FanDuel. Right, it's even right. crazier yeah, there. It's, yeah. Um, the there are a few guys that I like in this range, and I don't, I can't 
figure out if I actually like them or I've just spent so much time in the range because this is just where like my lineup build went, um, which is why I brought up Mohamed Sanu before. But I think like Kenny Stills, I think is perfectly reasonable to consider at 4,600. Um, if Will Fuller doesn't play because, um, you know, if they put Marcus Peters on, on, um, Hopkins, not that like that usually stops Hopkins, but I think Stills could, could be an interesting one. Like we said, that game should have points in it. Um, I thought for a quick second about Randall Cobb and I'm like the, the third receiver in a game that, you know, they should, that they could be running for most of it. I, I don't really feel like buying into that one. Um, but the one that I wanted to ask you about was what to do about Debo Samuel. So I had him in a, uh, a group of guys at a lower range. So that's why I hadn't brought him up yet. Uh, he's 4,000 on DraftKings, yeah. 6,600 on FanDuel. I think Debo Samuel is just really a good football player. I think he's tough. He had the one big drop on Monday night. I know that. But he had eight catch for 112 yards. Uh, it, 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 it's a great play for me if, if Manuel Sanders does not play. I think that if it, Sanders yeah. does not play and Kittle doesn't play, he's going to see a ton of targets. They are pretty much out on Dante Pettis. Kyle Shanahan actually came out and kind of ripped Dante Pettis publicly yeah. this week, which says a lot of how far down in the doghouse Pettis is. I think you're going to see a lot of Debo Samuel, uh, some Kendrick Bourne, although he had two big drops also on Monday night. Uh, do you worry all about Patrick Peterson? I, mean, I I don't know. I don't think he's going to really shadow Debo Samuel. I don't think that, that'll have work, but obviously he's really good. But yeah, 4,000 on draftings for a guy who could be the number one receiver this week in a game that, against a bad defense. Um, Got to consider Debo this week. Um, I brought up Peterson in my article because I wrote about Samuel. Um, okay. You don't know that because it actually hasn't been published yet. But by the time everybody listens to it, this will be out. I can't um, believe I don't get an advanced copy. I Yeah. Um, I think Samuel makes a ton of sense. Uh, San- if Sanders plays, then like you don't love him as much. But it sounds like Kittle's not going to. And so uh, the targets are there. The targets were there last week um, when both of those guys were out. And at 4,000, like, I think it's worth going to. The, the difficulty is... We'll get to tight end later, but we obviously, um, with Kittle out, means we'll probably um, be talking about Ross Dwelly. And you're now going in, potentially, with two 49ers pass catchers from the team that runs more than any other team in the league. Um, so, yeah, I would, not, I would not play both of them in any lineup. Um, well, you'd be, you'd be blushing at my lineup then. Um, so... <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think if San, if Sanders doesn't play and Kittle doesn't play, San, or uh, yeah, Samuel becomes uh, pretty easy to play. And the problem is that like the other guys in that range, like you have Demarius Thomas from the Jets, who's been picking up a little bit, but like you're again, that's like relying on the Jets. You're not paying as much uh, as you you have to pay for um, for Crowder. But then the other guys like Auden Tate, Danny Amendola, like who are you playing in this range? That I mean, you don't have to play somebody in this range, I, uh... but like. I got one. You haven't mentioned him yet, though. Um, hit me with it. 3,800 on DraftKings, 4,900 on FanDuel. Probably my favorite uh, GPP fly of the week is Traquan Smith. That's fun. 82% of the snaps last week in his like, first uh, game back off being hurt. He played more than Ted Ginn last week. Only had two targets. I fully get that. Uh, I just think Traquan Smith is talented. I think that uh, at some point teams are going to have to realize that Michael Thomas is catching everything and, you know, shift some coverage there. I think Traquan Smith is sneaky this week. I think he's 3,800. Uh, anytime you're going to give me someone that's going to play 80% of the snaps on the Saints offense with Drew Brees against Tampa Bay, I'm super interested in that. I think Traquan Smith is a fantastic GPP play this week. That's really fun. That's fun. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. I like, I like Auden Tate. You mentioned him too. Um, you know, you got to think Cincinnati's going to have to throw the ball a bunch uh, late in the game. Although, you know, who knows what we have with We Finley, said that last but... week and Joe Mixon had 30 carries. 
30 carry. Like, that can't happen again, right? Like, that was just crazy. But uh, Tate still has 19 targets the last two weeks. He has 65-plus yards and three out of four. That's that's more consistency than I would have expected. For a guy at 4,200 on DraftKings, I think that uh, that makes him quite playable. I'm going to stay away. Okay. Uh, I like Debo and Traquan more, so I probably won't have him in many lineups, but I think he's a, I think he's a playable option in the range. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I've played Tate before this season in cash, and it's fine, but, like, I don't know, that quarterback situation is... Yeah, I think he was, like, 3,000 that week, too, though. Probably, yeah. Uh, last, I played him, I'm trying to, let me scroll back, 3,500 maybe I played him. Okay. Last, uh, last guy in this range I wanted to ask you about is getting a lot of buzz this week is uh, in Atlanta, 3,300 on DraftKings is Russell Gage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin Hooper is out, so you know somebody's going to need to catch those short slot passes. He has a good game script. This game, you know, could be uh, could be pretty good in terms of a uh, total. Fourteen targets the last two weeks. He's played forty-seven and forty-nine snaps the last two weeks. Only eleven catches for eighty-one yards. He's definitely not a uh, explosive guy, but in DK when you have PPR thirty-three hundred with a lot of targets uh, gets a little interesting with uh, in this offense. Um, I I guess I I get it. I'll put it that way. I get it. I th- I thought you'd like Russell Gage more than you do. Um, it seems like somebody that I should like, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel like if you're in this range, like I feel like if you're paying thirty three hundred, then you need like big plays and touchdowns, uh, and so now you're taking like more of a possession guy who's only going to who you're like, oh, he made value because he got me ten points, but like, um, like is that enough? If you're like if you're punting, don't you want like Zay Jones upside? How about that? That's an interesting one too. I think that with Gage, if you you know you have to be okay with like six for fifty five because that's probably pretty likely. Likely. I mean that's I mean that's likely upside is for him is like right. he catches, yeah, yeah, yeah. catches a bunch of balls on short passes and doesn't score and you know makes value but not someone that's gonna win anything for you. But in a cash game, I don't know if you get uh, you know twelve points from that spot, you're doing all right. But I think you're right. I think that that's. You're probably reaching a little bit, and I think Julio's going to be a monster this game. I just, I'm not going there, but I think that uh, you know, anytime someone's getting that number of snaps and targets for that cheap, it's uh, at least at least mentionable. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think when you try to play guys in this salary range in cash games, you're doing it because it's like a gross misprice, and right. Gage is accurately priced. Maybe he should be a little bit more expensive, but like probably not that much. Like the the targets should be there, but like they also have other guys who can catch the ball. Um, so I would, uh, I would, I would find the 700 to go up to Devo in a cash lineup way before I play. Yeah. Gage, I think. Yeah. That's how I feel. And in a, in a GPP, I'd go up to Traquan Smith, uh, very easily. Right. Right. So let's jump, uh, let's, uh, we've kind of gone long on the, yeah, on the, yeah. on a lot of the skill positions here. Let's uh, talk about tight ends and defense. But lastly, a note from our final sponsor, world fantasy sports. Are you already knocked out of your survivor pool? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Uh, do you end up losing early in the season feeling your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there was some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses. Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind game type, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools take the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds a, a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. If you achieve that stat line, you advance. You fail to, and you're eliminated. Be the last to survive and make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one player each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's just that simple. Sign up and play today at www.worldfantasypools.com. So tight end, Andrew, we talked about uh, we talked about Ross Dwelly. He's way down the list at 3,400 on DraftKings and 4,900 on FanDuel. Uh, before we go down to the bottom, there's a, there's a few guys I like at the bottom. I think it's a, I think it's a, a week to spend uh, l- spend low on tight ends this week. Is there anybody? 
uh, near the top that you're interested in playing. We've got Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, who I think will both be fairly popular. Andrews scored twice last week. Darren Waller's been quiet, but obviously a good matchup against the Bengals. Uh, anybody up top here that you're considering playing, or are you going to be uh, you going to be saving money on tight end this week? I'm definitely going to be saving, and I wrote in my article that like I think Andrews is the best of the upper tier guys if you're playing Jackson because that's who he throws to. Um, obviously, he has. Um, Hollywood to go to as well, but it seems like Andrews is the more reliable one, and he's like sixty one hundred for a tight end is pretty expensive for a guy who's like not getting twelve targets. But um, I mean Waller, I think is good potential every week, but I just don't fifty five hundred seems like kind of a dead area because it forces you to pay elsewhere. Like I, there are fifty five hundred dollar um, wide receivers I would rather pay uh, right. play, excuse me. And so when you now it's like all right, well. If I could play Dwelly at 3,400 and DJ Moore, why would I instead play Waller and uh, Gage? <laughs> Russell Gage? <laughs> yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I uh, I agree on that one. Um, Zach Ertz, any love there? 5,000 on DraftKings? Not against the Patriots, but I get it. Yeah, like, I, I think it's a little expensive, which is nuts. So I think like, the. He's great. He's very good. Outside of the the guys, outside of the guy in the three thousands, who I think would be uh, interesting to talk about, we have one that's outside there. Is Jared Cook at yep. forty four hundred on DraftKings, six thousand on FanDuel. Uh, everybody that I've heard, uh, I've heard very little this week, but the stuff I have heard this week on people talking about fantasy is that you know it's a Jared Cook week. He had ten targets from Drew Brees last week. He scored a couple weeks uh, before he got hurt. He scored back to back weeks. Uh, last week was the first time Jared Cook was over 45 yards, and Jared Cook feels to me like a guy that, uh, when everybody thinks he's going to be good, is bad. But obviously, you can't factor that in. <laughs> but, uh, do, do you like Jared Cook this week in the matchup against the Bucks? Uh, I think he's fine. Like, I, I, it's not like I'm seeing 4,400 on DraftKings. Be like, oh yeah, let me lock in uh, Jared Cook. Where like I think Greg Olson at 3,900 is perfectly fine. Um, you know, he's not going to be heavily targeted, but we don't. I don't know how you can go in expecting Jared Cook to be heavily targeted. And so, yeah, I think there's a bunch of fine. Like, I think Jack Doyle is fine if he plays. Um, if he doesn't. I think, ja- I think Jack Doyle is a bad play. Okay. No. That's fair. Um, he's top He's top 50 yards. I know he gets scored the last couple of weeks, but he's, got, he's top 50 yards once all year. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you're getting in this 4,000 tight end range. Like, who – I'm not going to play O.J. Howard. I'm not going to play Mike Gusecki. <laughs> nope. Uh, Rudolph is a no. Hawkinson, I feel like that. Mm, it's like that spicy. first week was like the flukiest thing I've ever seen. Um, and then you just keep going down, and you're like, oh, here's a guy playing Arizona at 3,400. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah, Dwelly obviously has the Arizona factor to him. That you know, even OJ Howard scored last week. Even um, OJ Howard scored yep. against them. Nine, now Dwelly played ninety-one percent of the snaps last week. Some people were worried about Garrett Selleck being activated, but it was all Dwelly. He had seven targets, three catches for twenty-four yards. We'll bury the lead there, but uh, it wasn't great. He does not have a lot of upside, but he's definitely get some targets. Um, me, I prefer. I actually prefer Hawkinson this week. I think he's coming around some thirteen targets the last two games. I think it's a game where they're going to have to throw a lot in the second half. I also prefer Noah Fant this week. He's thirty seven hundred on DraftKings. Nice bump in his usage since Emmanuel Sanders got traded. I think that Denver could be throwing a lot in the second half. He has twelve targets the last two games. I think both those guys have a little more upside to me than Dwelly does. I think both those guys definitely for me in a GBP. I'd go Fant or Hawkinson or Greg Olson. Um, in a, in a cash lineup, I can see Dwelly with uh, with the target uh, the target floor there with the snaps. I think he'll be fine. And, you know, chance to score a touchdown. Arizona can't stop tight ends, but 
Um, he's just not explosive to me. He just, there's not a lot of big plays coming. I think the other three guys I like more in, in, in any kind of tournament. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I, I get that. Um, Fant, I mean, I don't want to like pull this move, but like without his 75 yard touchdown, like, are we even talking about him? Uh, just based on the targets, I think that he uh, he's, he's definitely week. been more involved two know, weeks ago. He had eight the week before that. Yeah. So, uh, I just, I, I think without Sanders there, I think that they're going to, you know, he's a number, he was the number one pick. He's uh I think he's a talented guy. Uh, I just think he has more upside than, than someone like Dwelly does if I'm playing a tournament. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I think that but, applies to like the other guys around him, like Ebron or Rudolph or Howard. Like th- he clearly showed the upside. I'll give you that much. And I mean, Greg Olson last week was interesting because he actually looked like old Greg Olson. He yeah. had ten targets, but he had he had eight catches for ninety eight yards. It wasn't like you know eight for fifty six or something yeah. like that. He he really looked like a different guy. Kyle Allen seems to be relying on him more as kind of they build a they build a rapport together. Uh, I think Greg Olson's underpriced this week. He, I, I, I would probably have him like ranked like the fifth tight end for the week, and he's thirty nine hundred DraftKings, fifty one hundred FanDuel. Um, he's really interesting to me at a, at a price that uh, I was surprised by. I thought he'd be more in like the forty six hundred dollar range. I agree. I agree. Uh, anybody else uh, tight ends? Does kind of kind of hit them all, but uh, defense this week. Uh, anybody that jumps out to you as a as a defense that uh, you really like for the price? Um, I'm not gonna pay for the Patriots. I think <laughs> Me either. Philly's good enough where they don't. I don't think the 49ers are worth four thousand. Um, Blasphemy. And so the two that I looked at because I generally pay down. Uh, the two I looked at were the Saints at twenty nine hundred expecting um, Jameis Winston to continue to turn the ball over. Like we talk about all these yards he's throwing, but he also has turned the ball over multiple times in three or four. And I think you're not crazy if you play the Dolphins at 2,500. Interesting. Yeah. The, uh, Josh Allen, you know, a little bit of a little bit of erratic uh, passing kids. could work there. The saints were my, I had two bold here to also the saints are one of them. Uh, they struggled last week against Atlanta, but you know, they've, they've been, they've been pretty good aside from that. Tampa Bay's allowed multiple sacks in every game all year this week, <laughs> all year this season, which is pretty wild. Uh, I think the Jameis mistakes are coming also. I think that uh, you're, you're going to get that. I uh, love the saints. 2900. I think, I think they'll be pretty popular too. They're 4,800 draft kings. They're, they're fully priced or on FanDuel. They're fully priced up there. The other one that's interesting to me, and it would it, it needs to be um, Jacoby Brissett not playing, but it's Jacksonville at Indy. Uh, Brian Hoyer takes a lot more chances than Brissett does. He threw three interceptions last week. Uh, Jacksonville's coming off a bye. They didn't play well against Houston, but Houston's a good offense. They had eight sacks the week before that against the Jets, so mm-hmm. uh, they are coming along a little bit. I think that, uh, especially on FanDuel, they're $3,800. they are like $1,000 less than any of the other options on FanDuel. Uh, you know, Oakland's five thousand, Buffalo's five thousand, New England's five thousand, New Orleans is forty eight hundred, the Niners are forty nine hundred, Minnesota's forty seven hundred on on Fanduel. I think they're a prime play on Fanduel because they're a thousand dollars less than anybody else, and I think they're the best team with with upside on Fanduel as opposed to the, the other ones that are down in the three thousands. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Uh, my my favorite one overall, probably if I without pricing, I really like Minnesota this week against Denver. Um, Denver's allowed 15 sacks the last three games. Minnesota had uh, was playing really well before the Dallas game, and obviously the Dallas offense is is really good. Uh, 3,400 on DraftKings, I think they're playable. If there's a spot where I'm looking to, I have a little bit of money left over. I'm looking to pay up a little bit from the Saints. Uh, I think it would probably move towards Minnesota 3,400. Ooh. It's yeah. a good call. I like it. Yeah. So those are the those are the ones I like there. I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think I'm be playing the 49ers uh, or the Patriots or the Bills. I just think they're uh, they're a little too a uh, little too priced up for me. And 
Um, the Niners have 15 sacks the last three games, and Arizona's allowed a lot of sacks. But I just that second half of uh, Arizona looking pretty good against Niners defense kind of sticks with me a little bit. Um, you know, no Quan Alexander. I just I worry a little bit uh, that Arizona maybe figured something out, kind of how to how to game plan against it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody else that uh, you want to talk about? I think we've hit everything on on what uh, what should be a really uh, a really fun slate that uh, is interesting and fun that didn't doesn't really look like it when you take a first glance. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like uh, if you're into lineup construction, this is a good one for you. Absolutely. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensted. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back at you next week, and good luck with your, with your Week 11 lineups. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.